You wanted the best online sports book? That's easy. It's mybookie.ag. They got the easiest website layout, the best odds, amazing customer service, and payouts in only two business days. Check out mybookie.ag for yourself and then sign up using promo code WCE50 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at ChrisBGiannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from winningcureseverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40, 40 years. Oh, my gosh. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. What up, what up, what up? Podcast number 183. It is Thursday, January the 4th of 2018. Happy New Year, Chris. Happy New Year, sir. So, on today's podcast, we got Eric Scousebo, better known as Scuzz, from the West Lot Pirates podcast. Uh, it's a podcast that covers Northwestern and the Big Ten. Uh, so, we're going to talk about bowl season and the national championship and and all that good things. So uh, so we're going to talk about UCF claiming a football national championship. We're going to talk about uh, Nick Saban complaining about the schedule for the college football playoff. Uh, we're going to recap bowl season. We're going to make some picks for the national championship game. We're going to break down the NFL playoffs. Big show. We're going to try and push it into a um, in an hour. We're going to try and make it in an hour. I'm going to take the over. That works for me. <laughs> Let's see. All right. They're telling me that they can barely hear us. So let's turn this thing up a little bit. Hopefully that helps. If not, then that's fine. We'll we will talk louder. We'll talk more loudly, and that'll be fine. So um, let's go on and start with this. You went to Disney World. I did. I survived uh, six full days with a six-year-old and a three-year-old and my wife in Disney World. Now... What was your favorite ride? What were the, what was the kids' favorite rides? All that good stuff. G- give me the rundown. Like what what was the most insane thing that happened? Because you spent what six days down I spent there? Six full days there. See, I went back in October With and about I spent a million two days. of my closest friends. Whew. Good yeah. lord! Busiest busiest week of the year. Uh, favorite part to go to was Hollywood Studios. Wasn't even close. Um, it's the smallest of all the parks. Uh, for the kids my age. They really enjoyed, wait a minute, my kid's age, not my age. Um, <laughs> they really enjoyed all the different things that you could do there. The smallest park, it was the least crowded of all of them. That helped. Our favorite ride as a group, all four individuals would tell you their favorite ride was the uh, Toy Story ride, uh, where you ride on a little spinny thing and shoot stuff with a toy gun. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. I enjoyed that a lot. We, we um, liked it. If we ever went back, I would use all three fast passes for that day for that one ride. Interesting. Yep. I, now, I enjoyed the Toy Story ride in, in the Magic Kingdom. I enjoyed the Haunted Mansion a lot. Uh, but you've got young kids, so that, yeah, that might not work out well. We didn't do the Haunted Mansion. Didn't know if, if they would be okay with that or not. They get scared a little easy. Now, when we went, the, um, oh, what's it called? Splash Mountain was shut down. So we didn't get to do Splash Mountain. Um, 
let's see. The uh, what was our favorite ride? Our favorite ride was all right. Pirates of the Caribbean was awesome. That was a, the, that was okay. My was daughter loved uh, the Barnstormer. That we stayed off roller coasters. Okay, but that that's like a minute and a half roller coaster. Perfect time. It was my daughter's first. Now she's twelve. Yes, but it was her first uh, first roller coaster. All that good stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, we had a lot of fun, man. We it, we knocked out. Uh, so when we went, it was over Halloween. Mm-hmm. So we knocked out all of the different, uh, like the big rides, the night before during the Halloween stuff when everybody was either leaving the park or just coming in for the Halloween festivities and whatnot. And man, those things I didn't even a fast pass or anything. No, nope, it was you just, can just fly super through. fast. The the best advice I can give to people going is if you can wake your butt up early and get there when they open, you don't need fast passes for anything. I mean, we we got there the last day we went to Magic Kingdom. We showed up and we rode probably three rides without a fast pass within an hour. Yeah, and then we waited on no. Now, and y'all had all the Disney Resort stuff and whatnot, which means that you got to, um, you you got to go in the park early, right? Did y'all go super early in the mornings? Yes, we went pretty early every morning. See, that's I I love we did that. not stay late. Well, that's not true. We took breaks in the middle of the days. The only reason we ever stayed late was. Because the dinner that we had that night took three hours. That's my only complaint. The dinners are unbelievable. They're really, really well done if you do the sit-down dinners, especially with the family. Um, They were nice, top-line service, food was great. But they took like three hours for every dinner, and it wasn't necessary. They weren't that busy. (laughs) And, and, And it's just kind of the process for we bring you an appetizer then we wait till everybody at the table has finished it, and they clean it off, and then they wait, you know, another 10, 15 minutes before they even bring you your meal. And, and it, you know, hard to complain about the fact that the service was so great, but you're eating up a lot of time, which which is valuable when you're at a place like Disney. Now, did y'all get to see any of the fireworks and, and all that stuff? We saw one fireworks show. My oldest daughter was petrified. We, she had never really been around fireworks. Was this in the Magic Kingdom? Yeah. Or, okay. Was never really that big. Um, they looked a lot closer than they really were to her. She thought that maybe they could hit us. I don't know. Um, it part of being six. And um, the second time, one of the dinners we had, we had a view of the fireworks show. Oh, that's nice. That was unbelievable. And I felt that's like that's the perfect okay, way to go. Right? Yeah. She was not afraid at all. It was a long way away, <laughs> but you could see it. And I got to sit and eat while they were looking out the window at fireworks. I like that. I, I've always enjoyed that. Now I've only been I've been to Disney three times now. This is my first trip, so it, and you're going to go back, I would imagine. Uh, I'm I'm going to bet that they'll get a little more of my money. Now it is not for the faint of heart. I mean, I no. I kind of did the math in my head. My first three cars that I owned, that I bought, that I paid cash money for did not cost combined what this one trip cost. But it was it was well worth it. Oh no, well worth it. Well, well worth, worth it. it. So if we bring up Disney one because you were there too because the University of Central Florida has claimed a national championship. I'm a little for this short. Season. If I was still there, I would drove to their campus. I'd have taken an Uber to their campus. You and wouldn't I would have, have to bought, and I would have bought one of their national title shirts. Well here here's the thing. They're doing the national championship parade this Sunday at the Magic Kingdom. At the Magic Kingdom, yeah. 
Why no, wear a t-shirt? So are they going to open up the Magic Kingdom for like UCF fans? Like, well, or do no, you like, have to buy a ticket to get in? Oh, oh no, they you got to buy the ticket. I mean, it's the same thing. Like the day after um, whatever bowl it was uh, that LSU and, and Notre Dame played in, like Notre Dame's marching band led like the parade that day. Oh, okay. So that's like cool. that's I think this is a pretty common thing that a lot of the teams that that come there and play in bowl games and stuff get to lead the parade, so this is no big deal. But, no, they're absolutely not going to – Disney's not giving anything away for free. All right, now tell me uh, tell me this, since we were talking about UCF claiming the national championship because they beat Auburn, who beat both teams are playing for the title. Um, how do you feel And they went undefeated. How do, you, how do you feel about it? I, I have – I actually have no problem with this. I do not believe that we're living in a world of participation trophies. I think they did everything within their power – to claim a national title, and I believe that when this is all said and done, there will be at least one legit paper that will rank them as a national champion. And and that's all you need for a hundred years of college football. That's all we needed to get a national championship was one legit newspaper, one legit media outlet to write you in as their national champion, and you can claim it. I believe that will absolutely happen. And I think that I, I don't have a problem with it. Here's my thing. So I actually went back and I've rewatched because I missed all of these games. <laughs> I rewatched the the two playoff games. I rewatched that game and I rewatched part of my LSU game. I didn't. I knew how that one ended, so I didn't really care. But I I will tell you this: that could have been worse. They, oh yeah. They they handled Auburn yes in a way that Georgia is the only other team that handled Auburn like that. Here's the only problem that I have with it is that you knew that it was just a, a consolation whatever kind of game for Auburn. There was no real motivation to play. It's irrelevant. It's absolutely irrelevant. All right, so do you give Utah the 2008 national championship? If, if, there's, a, if there's a publication that ranked them number one, I have no problem with that. See, I don't think any— Boise I, I State think, Boise State had a publication in 2006 ranked them number one overall. I think that they should claim a national championship for that. For a hundred years, this is how we claimed a title. Yeah, but then Why we found is it a way wrong to, today. To, well, here's okay. So the reason I bring this part up, Jason Horowitz today tweeted out. He said, "I just heard TCU football coach Gary Patterson give the first real reason why Central Florida should not claim the title. That is, it might piss off the conference that they could end up joining." Now, do you do you agree with that at all? No, because no. Patterson had to go through that, right? Mm-hmm. That TCU in the Mountain West went thirteen and zero. They beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. Yep. Blah 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 blah. All of this stuff goes on, and they end up getting in the Big Twelve. They never claimed a national title for that. Yeah, but I don't think I, I don't think that that will hurt them if a big boy program will ever accept them. I think they'll take them. They have a massive student body. They have a large. Uh, uh, alumni base and they're pretty damn competitive at football which yeah. is what makes money which is what these people want um the problem with them ever getting into a conference is we've we've hashed this out a million times people want schools if there's a conference that'll take them that doesn't have a florida representative people want to be in the state of florida now you got that right so i don't think that's going to hurt at all you have totally got that right. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and hit this break. We're going to bring in Scuzz from uh, from the Northwestern and Big Ten podcast, Westlot Pirates. This is Winning Cures Everything 
Any time of year is a good time for Winning Cures Everything shirts and apparel. We got logo designs in all sizes and in every SEC school's colors. Take a look at the different options on the website. Go to Winning Cures Everything and click on the store tab and access the official Winning Cures Everything store. This is Gary, host of Winning Cures Everything. If you're looking for affordable custom web design, business cards, brochures, and more, check out Kyle Seegers Designs at kyleseegers.com. Kyle offers full website design, monthly site maintenance, and content management system training. Remember, for all your web design needs, check out kyleseegers.com. That's K-Y-L-E-S-E-G-A-R-S.com. You want it the best online sports book? That's easy. It's mybookie.ag. They've got the easiest website layout, the best odds, amazing customer service, and payouts in only two business days. Check out mybookie.ag for yourself. And then when you sign up, use promo code WCE50 for 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. Gary here. Thanks for listening to the show, and we appreciate your support with the podcast and the website. Here's how to keep up with Winning Cures Everything. Of course, you can see everything at winningcureseverything.com. On Twitter, we're at Winning Cures, or you can catch up with Chris at Chris B. Giannini, or myself at Gary WCE. You can subscribe to and review the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or any other podcast distributor. We're also at Facebook.com slash Winning Cures Everything, or you can email us at Winning Cures Everything at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 551 226 9899. Again, Email us at winningcureseverything at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 551-226-9899. All right, let's jump on the handy Skype tool. Let's call our buddy uh, Eric. A.K.A. Scuzz. That's they got this cool ringing thing now, you know. Scuzz, you good? Gary, what's how up, are you buddy? Doing, sir, <laughs> we are fantastic. Welcome to uh, to the first Facebook Live Periscope, whatever for winning cures everything in 2018. Very excited to be a guinea pig. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. All right, so uh, he is Eric Scousebo. Did I say that right? You nailed it. That's what I'm talking about. Better known as Scuzz. We're going to call you Scuzz. From the Northwestern Sports Podcast, West Lot Pirates. Uh, it, tell me this. Is uh, is Chicago and that area supposed to be in the path of this bomb, cyclone, white death, winter storm that's hit the East Coast? I don't think we're getting the storm, uh, but the, the, the temps have been pretty much close to zero or, or less for the last week and a half or so. See, we're getting like 20 here. And and I feel like this is the coldest I may have ever been in my entire life. <laughs> I mean, it is absolutely awful. So I live I, in uh, I live in Cincinnati. We've been we've been hovering around zero for ooh. close to a week now. It ne- it never gets this cold here. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm not used to it. Chris just got back from Orlando. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it when I flew <laughs> back in. <laughs> Chris, so, I hear you have some Pappy Van Winkle though, so life should be all good in your corner. Well, yeah. I will tell you, I do, I do, I like bragging about that. That was that was exciting. <laughs> um, needless to say, I had a friend of mine was like, "Are you really going to crack that open for a, just like an average win of a random bowl game?" And I was like, "Oh no, oh no, that was that was a, that was an extreme exaggeration for 
I just want to tell the world I had one. Well, let's let's explain this to everybody. So Northwestern gets a twenty-four to twenty-three win over Kentucky in the Music City Bowl. Uh, Chris and you guys, the Westlot Pirates boys, had an exchange on Twitter. You can follow them at Westlot Pirates. Uh, overthinking that Kentucky would cover the seven and a half point spread. Chris believed that they would. Myself and all of you guys uh, did not agree with that. We, I was on the Northwestern side. Uh, it really had it not been for Benny. Really, that was just a weird game overall. I mean, you can't but, say one factor caused that no, it, game it, to go the, anyway. The whole no. thing was just weird. But the Benny Snell ejection was, was one of the worst calls I have ever seen. Um, and, and I had money on the other side. So that whole thing was nuts. You know, Northwestern's star quarterback goes out. Um, I mean, the the whole thing. It, look, do you and your boys owe an apology to uh, to Chris? You I know, think, for the, I think you owe me a drink for the blatant disregard of the SEC being able to cover a spread larger than a touchdown. <laughs> I th- I mean, I'm prepared to eat some crow. I th- you know, Chris, you called it, you nailed it. Uh, taking the points in bowl season is is never a bad bad decision. I think. A, a lot of your uh, your calls went went that general direction, if I if I am remembering right. And uh, yeah, we were we were pretty confident. I thought we, I thought we'd very comfortably win that game. I thought it was a great matchup for Northwestern, but losing the starting quarterback um, certainly Snell had an impact on the on the Kentucky side. But then just the craziness, the cold. I, I think the coaches' brains were half frozen because they were making weird weird decisions late in that game. And I think those Pac-12 refs, once it got to the second half, oh, they yeah. just wanted to go home. That's all right. Now that's what all right. So rewatching some of these games that have been replaying on ESPN all week, um, I agree with that. I listened to you guys' podcast today, and and y'all y'all brought up the fact that it seemed like the refs didn't want to be there. Yeah. Note to the bowl committee: don't send the Pac-12 refs to a place that's going to be cold. Send them all <laughs> to Florida. Send them to indoor stadiums because they were ready to go more than anybody else out there. I agree with that. I agree with that a hundred percent. So now, did you end up going to the game? Yeah, Sam uh, from from our, our podcast and I made the trek down. He he from Chicago, myself from Cincy. So wasn't too bad of a drive. It was um, a lot colder than than I hoped Nashville would be on uh, on the the twenty ninth of December. But we had a, we had a fantastic time. We had awesome seats. We happened to be right in the front row around the twenty yard line, and um, we just kind of went nuts for about three hours and had a, had a grand old time. Did y'all stay in Nashville for New Year's? No, I uh, my wife has some cousins down there, so so we hung out uh, out out near Franklin for a couple okay. nights, and then uh, made it back to Cincinnati for New Year's. But I, I've, been, I've been in Nashville b- before for for some uh, some revelry, and it is a fun town. It's a great town. Yes, it is. Franklin is actually where uh, where I recorded both of my uh, my band's albums. There you go. So a lot of recording oh, studios right. and whatnot out there. Dolly Parton's recording studio. That's right. And all that. That's right. <laughs> All that good stuff. All right, so, uh, Scuzz, I want a one-sentence reaction to each conference's bowl record. So that sound good? Sure. All right. The Independents went 2-0. and Notre Dame and Army both won close games. Yeah, expected. As expected. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> expected. Don't don't forget Chris is an LSU expected. fan over here. Coach O's going to give me a heart attack. It's, see, both of them were underdogs, so that was a little surprising to me. With with Michigan's loss, it, that means that the Big Ten was not the uh, the winning percentage leader for uh, you know for the whole for winning, the whole thing. Winning percentage. We'll, we'll jump into this. A Big Ten went seven and one. What do you say about this? Not cause for putting Ohio State in the national championship. Nice. I like that. We're going to jump on that here in a second. I was say, I'd like to have a conversation about that. 
All right, the sun... I thought you guys might want to talk about that. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> sir. I'd, I'd like to talk about it. And I'll, uh, so I'm going to make this statement now because I don't want to forget it later. <laughs> I think the bowl record, maybe it doesn't show that, national, that, that, that Ohio State should have been in. And it doesn't – not all records are equal. I get that. I think a lot of media people owe Wisconsin an apology. They dominated that conference all year long and lost to Ohio State in the national championship, and everyone said they were fraudulent the entire season. And I don't think they were. I think they were a legit competitive team that could have played for the national title and and been just as justifiable as anybody else in there. I think that's pretty fair. I think Hornybrook really improved through the course of the season. Right. and. I, it, they're just—they're not a sexy team. It's really easy to just look at at Paul Christ and and the run game and kind of go to sleep and yawn and say, ah, it's just Wisconsin being Wisconsin. But their defense is outstanding. They're really fundamentally strong on the offensive side. I think they have more playmakers than people realize. But when Alabama just runs the ball and plays great defense, we call them the best team in the country, and they are. But but I don't understand why one team gets this praise for doing it that way and the other team says oh they're boring and they're not sexy and we're going to discredit everything they do so that's that's just my opinion i was high on wisconsin all year long and and i i think the country think, owes them an apology i think the recruiting rankings and the um the overall pat like the history of it is is why it's that way recruiting rankings and past performances determining what we think of present times are two things that piss me hey, off remember, more about college football <laughs> there are, than anything else. There are human beings that choose this, that pick this. I know. So there's always going to be that human and element. And they're wrong. <laughs> they're just wrong. Let's move back to these uh let's move back All to right. these conferences. I digress. The, the Sun Belt went 4 and 1. That was a surprise to me. I thought they really outperformed expectations. Uh, it, especially, so Appalachian State uh, getting the win over Toledo 34 to nothing. That was the biggest. I was going to say, not just the win. They yeah. whipped their ass. Yeah, they absolutely owned them. Down. And then Florida Atlantic with their whole thing. Well, no, are they? No, they're Conference USA. Whatever. No, yeah, well, we, but we, we'll get to them. <laughs> that, that, that conference loses half their coaches every year, too. I mean, the, the, yeah. the good coaches. So it's. It's kind of amazing when they're able to sustain success. Oh, Troy was the other one in the Sun Belt. That's it. That I was, Troy was was a big winner. Uh, the ACC went eight and three. Uh, what do you think about this? I I think I thought the ACC would do worse. I, I thought they were kind of overrated most of the year with you know the the problems at Florida State, et cetera. But um, so I, I I think they get they get some some good kudos for that record for pulling that together. Uh, the Big Twelve five and three. Could have been worse. I agree with that, a hundred percent. Of course, it, it also could have been better. I mean, Texas Tech loses to South Florida in the last you know minute of the game, last thirty seconds. Um, but yeah. Oklahoma scores forty five points in regulation and doesn't win. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a kick in the pants. It certainly is. Uh, the American Athletic Conference went four and three, along with uh, Central Florida's winning over Auburn to, uh, to claim a national championship. I mean, I think that last one just kind of punctuates the the record. Kind of doesn't even matter. <laughs> Bingo. Uh, the Mountain West went three and three. Uh, the biggest win there was Boise State's win over Oregon. Uh, R.I.P. Mountain West. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, and then the SEC went four and five. I mean, lopsided, right? Like 
Big Dog's at the top, and uh, there's kind of everybody else. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's been that way all year. 100%. Um, while we're on the topic of this, tell me, tell me about Michigan losing to, to South Carolina. Does that warm your heart a little bit that it was Jim Harbaugh that was the only Big Ten coach to lose? I saw somebody tweet something to the effect <laughs> of, you know, all the Big Ten fans are, are really sad to lose that that 8-0 potential bowl record, but they're really happy it was Michigan that blew it. <laughs> I, it for whatever reason, we all love to hate Michigan, um, and, and Harbaugh has, has only, you know, amplified that, uh, that feeling, oh, yeah. so... There's, you know, Michigan tears are, are pretty tasty. It's we, we were not sad to see that. At the same time, I was, you know, I wanted to get eight and zero. That's something that doesn't doesn't happen very often. The Big Ten has been, you know, has taken a lot of flack over the last decade for their bowl record. So it would have been nice to put uh, to put that kind of exclamation point on this season. Conference USA went uh, went four and five. Oh man, I don't even know who their uh, is that. Colorado State and no, no, um, that's Mountain West. That's Marshall. Mountain West. No, you got so Marshall F- is conference. F- Marshall. FAU. Yep. Yeah, Lane Kiffin. This is his oh conference. Lane Kiffin. There you go. Yep, <laughs> Lane Kiffin. Uh, they had some really really bad ones too, like UAB, who was a real surprise team, right? That got to yeah. the 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 Bulls this and year. They, they got, got blown out by Ohio. Um, they still got to go to the Bahamas though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Like it, it, the only place that it would be totally justifiable. And and fine if you lose would be in the Bahamas. Like that's if you get blown out, like what's the worst that's gonna happen? You're gonna wake up the next morning, and you're still in the Bahamas. So it's not so bad. Uh the Mac went one and four. The only win there was uh was Ohio over UAB. Yeah, ouch. I mean the the Mac losing uh PJ Fleck last year, Central Michigan kind of fell flat against Wyoming. I, like uh, a, a definitely a down year for the Mac. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then uh, the the worst of all, the Pac-12, one and eight, and they went zero and four against the Big Ten. I mean, I would say stunning, but it's not that stunning, right? I think matchups were- in bowl games are everything, right? So, like, the record in these bowl games doesn't really matter. It just depends on what the matchups were, and the Pac-12 had awful matchups. In every game, it felt like. Like, the only one that, like, Utah prevented the shutout, and that's only because West Virginia's quarterback was hurt. Like, other than that, yeah. everybody else was expected to get beat. Yeah, I mean, like, UCLA had such a goofy year, fired their coach, Rosen, you know, in and out of the lineup. USC, I think, to your point, the matchup was really bad there for them against, I guess, Ohio State. I thought Washington and Washington State would have looked better. I guess Washington came close to beating Penn State, but, oh, but Washington God, they State were with down Luke Falk not so playing. Like, um, Washington was down by, what, 21 at one point? But that's a tough draw because there was a point in time where Penn State was the best team in the country. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And, and yeah. you know, so, I mean, that's just a tough draw. We were talking last night about um, if the Citrus Bowl had ended up with a Big Ten team, um, basically you get some different different matchups in the in the New Year's Six, right? Yeah. And then Citrus Bowl can pick a Big Ten team, and our whole slate kind of slides up. Imagine if if uh, Arizona gets to play Iowa instead of Purdue. That feels like a much better matchup for them. So, yeah, um, yeah I think to your point, the uh, the lineup for the Pac-12 was not helpful. I agree. All right, now, tell me this. How pissed off are Big Ten fans that they're having to watch an all-SEC national championship for the second time in six seasons? 
This Big Ten fan is not bothered by it. Uh, Tell I, me Sam the and John average, and I have talked about that, fan. and it's – I mean, you go back to that 2011-2012 that game, LSU and Alabama, right? It was it was a rematch. I think that was our biggest problem with it. Yeah. Mine too. Mine uh, too, <laughs> says I, the LSU it, fan. <laughs> we beat them in Tuscaloosa. You really, you really wanted Oklahoma State that year. Oh, I would have taken um, anything to have Gundy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I think what what does bother me is the notion that somehow this matchup makes the likes of Vanderbilt and Kentucky and Florida and Tennessee better. That's right. And that those fans, you know, can can say, "Oh, we feel better about ourselves." Chant SEC. The Kentucky fans chanted SEC at us during the uh, the Music City Bowl, which which I laugh about now. Um, at the time I was not laughing, <laughs> but, but I think I look at this more in, in, and this is what happened back in, in 2011 as well as, as soon as that matchup occurred, you felt like the ball suddenly started rolling much faster on the playoff conversation. And I feel like right or wrong, this matchup is going to drive a similar discussion around expanding the playoff because the likes of Jim Delaney and Bob Bowlesby, I mean, these guys are all really, really angry and frothing at the mouth because of of what's occurred. Now, I did want to bring that up because publicly they are saying that, no, we're fine with it the way that it is. And if you look at the the amount of money that these Power 5 presidents are getting because of this, like, are they just happy with that money, or, or behind closed doors are they lobbying and they're just really pissed off about it? Who thinks, see, I've never understood the money argument. Who thinks that they won't make more money with more playoff games? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. The UCF-Auburn game, you, 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 we opened this thing up talking about how that game meant nothing to Auburn, so the rest of the country could have cared less. If that was a playoff game, everybody in the country is watching it. Yeah, I agree. Which equates to more money. So yeah, these presidents like money. Well, but let's I, go I think, get more. I think a lot of this right now is the the current TV landscape, right? With ESPN like hemorrhaging money right now on on TV rights deals. ESPN's already got a deal with the college football playoff for what another another eight years. It was like a 12-year deal. But but my question is this. Just because we have a playoff deal doesn't mean you can't expand the playoffs. We're not changing anything. Yeah. I mean, you may be right. But but you would have to – ESPN would have to come up with more money. Well, yeah, but they're going to make more money. Hey, hey they're going to get rid of Gruden's contract, right? That'll that'll free up <laughs> enough money to do anything just about. This guy is <laughs> – that's, that's worth another playoff game. We haven't even had a chance to, to discuss this. But Chris hates John Gruden. I loathe the man, and he has been begging ESPN to find this man a coaching job. This is not this is not a personal <laughs> thing either. Like I don't I don't dislike him as a, he is awful on TV, and he is He's the terrible. highest paid person at ESPN, and he is the worst person on TV, which is what ESPN does. I, I don't understand who negotiated that contract. I don't I don't have a need for an agent, but if I do, I want his. <laughs> I re- I wonder if in 20 years there's going to be a a 50 for 50 where they they go in, go under undercover and show you the all the backdoor machinations that ESPN made happen to get John Gruden off of their books and onto some NFL team. Seems like they've got the the connections to make it happen. I I do agree with that. Man, he's just He's just the worst, and I love money. I'm the I'm the NFL guy on this show, 
I love Monday Night Football. I grew up watching it every week religiously, and he has just ruined it. I mean, there are weeks where I'll just have it on mute, and I'll have a podcast playing and watch the game. It's it's that unbearable. Better or worse than Dennis Leary? I like Dennis Leary. He didn't bother me. I would rather have a fan up there cracking jokes. <laughs> I'd rather have a fan up there cracking jokes and telling stories that have nothing to do with the game than a guy that just rambles about stuff, spouting out sentence fragments. Oh, look at this guy right here. He's a Gruden grinder. Watch this block right here. He's going to pancake. Oh, and the guy touches nobody. He literally blocks air, and he's like, oh, we didn't do it that play, but yeah, he's, he's a hell of a player. Like, come on, man. And Gruden, I will admit this, Gruden is in love with every player. Hey, baby. Like, every one of them. Yeah. He's never said a negative thing about anybody. You can't be a broadcaster and not call guys out when they screw something up. How did we get off on this? What, anyway, are we, what were we even so, talking about? Sorry, my fault. <laughs> anyway, needless to say. Oh, back to Jim Delaney and that whole thing. Oh, do, yeah. you, do you think, from a Big Ten perspective, that they are actually really pushing behind the scenes to get this to get this expanded, to get something done? I, I don't think that they're pushing to get it expanded because I, I think everybody – Everybody's really happy with four. It's it you know it it saves them from hard questions around um, amateurism and the players missing more class. It's like all all the excuses that have been pushed uh, across the table over the over the years as to why we couldn't have what we have today um, are still being used to explain why we can't have more playoff games. Yeah, and so I I, I don't think that they actually want to expand it i'm sure the tv executives to your early your earlier point are all about that but i i don't think that they're happy with with the way the selection process panned out and outside of making a stipulation for a conference champion i don't know i don't know how you change that or fix that because to i think to our eyes ohio state and alabama we were like well kind of a toss-up you know one's got a one's got a conference championship but they got two losses um the other one you know doesn't have any good wins but this one gave up 55 points to iowa so you know it 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 felt like a a, an either or situation um i'm not someone that that will ever say things like well alabama certainly justified their pick by beating clemson um I feel the same way of, uh, you know, maybe I'm playing to, to Chris here, but I feel the same way about, about 2011 that just cause Alabama won doesn't mean they should have been there. Like college is weird. Cause it has this, it's about who deserves to be there. Or who's earned the opportunity as opposed to say the NFL of which team has, has met the, um, requirements laid out, i.e. win your division or make a wild card and then win the playoff games in front of you. It's just, it's, it's an objective system versus a subjective system. And, for whatever reason, college seems to want want subjectivity, and unless I, I don't believe that there's um, a, a real interest in changing that and making it more like the NFL style playoff, I think I think they like the committee. I think they like the um, the ability to have to to kind of not make it up as they go along, but but to be able to make a choice and to be able to to kind of live in this in this world that college has lived in for a hundred years around who's the best team, who do we think is the best team. Well and that way they can guarantee who gets T V ratings. Right? Mm-hmm. So if if you've got a choice between Alabama and Central Florida, like you're gonna take Alabama every time because they bring eyeballs. Sorry nights. Yep. But here's okay, so so what you you said I, I I've been banging this drum for a while. College football, it's not just they don't want to be like the NFL. They want to be different. 
every other sport in the world. Yeah. <laughs> every other it's not just college football. It is every other sport in the world determines their champion on the field. College football could care less if you agree with their champion. They would rather it be drama and a story and people talk about it than actually get a true champion. And that bothers me. I mean, peewee football here locally in Olive Branch, Mississippi, has a playoff, and they're going to let all these kids <laughs> get played out and, and get a champion. At every level, from youth league all the way up, there is a tournament. And the whole missing school – see, I've done this about ten times on this program. <laughs> but, like, uh, from the, the division directly under – College football, what is it? The bold, the the football the championship F- series, FCS. FCS. Yes. I think they have a sixteen team playoff. Yep. All right. Yep. So so don't tell me that going to eight is too much for these kids when you have teams playing high school teams in the middle of the year. If if I would rather have a true champion and cut the schedule down to ten, and let's get rid of some of these cupcake games college baseball players are barely on campus for for the first two months of of the season oh, that's right that's right and if I, you make it I, to I, omaha well that always happens in the summer though yeah yeah then doesn't matter. that's after the semester yeah i mean for, for my money six teams is is my kind of perf- like perfect scenario it's basically like one half of the nfl playoffs you get your five major conference champions and you've got one at ex- extra slot you give number one and number two a first round buy um, so that, you know, the regular season still matters. Like who, who finishes number one and number two still really matters. This is, uh, I, I argued really, this exact I, thing yeah, Gary's uh, big on last that. season. Yeah. Gary's big on six. I don't like the bye week thing. I think no. if, 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 if you're number one, you shouldn't be scared of number eight. That's just a fact. And if, if the conference USA champion makes it in at the eight seed and you lose to them, then shame on you. That's yeah. just my opinion. Well, see, here's the thing. If they keep the criteria the same, though, UCF wouldn't have even made it into an eight team. But that's – yes, they would have. They would have changed the rankings. I assure you of that. You think I, so? If, yeah. I, I promise you the poll rankings would have been drastically different. UCF would have made it in. If there's any criticism for the committee in, in, the, in what kind of came out in the, the final weeks of the season, I think that they really did UCF wrong in that – they never even had a chance. No. They were so yeah. far down yep. and seemingly purposefully held down in the rankings. What do you think, and this I don't know if this is on topic or not, what do you think, after all is said and done, let's say Bama beats Georgia, Georgia beats Bama, it's irrelevant now, do you think UCF is in the top five after this is over with? Are they able to be ranked third? Or are they still going to be ranked you know, below Ohio State? And below, you know, some of these other big schools, Penn State, some of these bigger schools that uh, that blew out a bowl win. That's a good question. It probably depends on how mad committee members are that uh, UCF is throwing themselves a parade. I mean, like they there might be some some retribution there from the committee. I I could see that <laughs> happening. Um, I think they should be. I certainly would put them above Clemson. I I. I it, it's hard for me to look at Ohio State and the inconsistency they had during the year and really like definitively put them above UCF. I think three would be really fair. I think that'd be really fair for, I think, for a I team that beat Auburn. Be, yeah, Auburn right. didn't look to me like they took that game off. Oh, I think UCF could have beaten them even worse than they did. I think that game could have gotten uglier. I rewatched it uh, last night, and I think it could have gotten worse. I mean, y'all may be right. 
You may be right. And that's but the I, issues that we're not going to know. And but I don't think terrible. I don't think the committee will. I actually think yeah. there will be less than five when this is over with. Just just agree, out of spite. I agree with you. Just to say we still don't respect you. Yeah, I could believe that. Now let's let's move off of that. Let's talk about your bowl picking formula, uh, because <laughs> I, I was informed. John told me that uh, that you are currently ranked number two twenty four out of however many gazillion people signed up for this Capital One Bowl Mania contest. Like, explain your formula to us. How, how does this thing work? I had a good year, um, <laughs> so uh, I'm I am. I am a college football junkie, uh, pretty much. And about 10 years ago, I moved abroad for a year and to kind of try and keep up with the game. I, um, I built kind of my own ranking system, if you will. Um, and it's, it's evolved over the years, but essentially it's, uh, kind of a mimic of what Ken Pomeroy does on the basketball side. Yeah. So I'm just calculating scoring efficiencies, uh, for teams, offenses and defenses. And then, um, adjusting things for strength of schedule, uh, pace of play, that sort of thing. And then it, it gives me a way to, to compare teams and assess, you know, who's likely to win each game. What's the, you know, what I think I had a 70% chance of Northwestern beating Kentucky, for example. And that allows me to, um, to assign confidence points across the, the different bowl matchups. So now tell me this, can you tell me exactly how many, how many picks you got now? Is, was this against the spread or is this just, just overall winners? So I do, I do both. Um, and I do the whole season uh, and I've done it every year for, I think in its current format for about five or six years now. Um, and I get, so straight up, uh, regular season, I hit, you know, around 75%, uh, accuracy against the spread this season. I was 51%. So I'm not quite good enough to, to, um, try to put any money on this, on this yet. And, uh, <laughs> I have small children, so I miss, I miss a lot of my free time. Um, <laughs> I love my children, <laughs> but I, but I do miss my free time. So there's not as much time to, to hone this thing as I would like, but, uh, in bowl season, bowl season went particularly well for me. Now I will tell you last year, this thing finished like in the 50th percentile on ESPN. So it was, it was really garbage, but this year, um, I was 60% against the spread and straight up picks. I think I got uh, 75% of the games, right? Ooh, nice. And so I, I did a bowl picking contest, and I, I do something uh, similar. Um, so I picked 28 straight-up bowl winners correct. I had a streak of picking 15 straight games right, and I went 23-15 and 15 against the spread. Well, 23-15-1 and one if you count the Wake Forest push. Um, oh, that's, that's, that's pretty much what I did. So it's, it, was, it was all right, but here's – so my formula was always taking uh, – some of these other predictions and these other mm -hmm. rankings, right? So, like, there's the Massey ranking and the Sagarin and all this, and I put them all together and just come out with what do I think will actually happen out of this. So I, there's still the element of me going, like, hey, this number looks really weird. It's not taken into effect. Uh, will Greer being out for West Virginia? You know, yeah. all that different kind of stuff. So, so taking all of those, I went 23 and 15, but here's the kicker. I was 13 and 15, before the last 10 games of the year, I hit the last 10 straight up, or not straight up, uh, against the spread. And I have never had a streak like that before in my life. I made more money <laughs> than I can count. <laughs> like, it's been pretty good. So, all right, so tell uh, tell me this. Did you have Alabama and Georgia meeting in the national championship game? I did. I did. Um, and I, I, got, uh, I got both those games right against the spread as well. Um, it helps that their opponents were, well, I, no, their opponents weren't favored. Um, Alabama was favored in their game, 
But, uh, yeah, no, I, I picked them both. I've got Alabama as about a, a field goal favorite in the national championship game. So we'll see if that if that comes to uh, to fruition. I like it. I like it. All right, buddy, here. We, uh, we're going to have to get you back on. We're going we're gonna to close out here and finish up the rest of this podcast. He is Eric Scousebo. I think I got it right again. You did. You <laughs> did indeed, sir. Better known as Scuzz from the Northwestern Sports Podcast, Westlot Pirates. Follow those guys on Twitter, at Westlot Pirates. Go download the podcast on iTunes and all your favorite podcast distributors. We appreciate you coming on, buddy. Thanks, gents. Uh, enjoy that. Enjoy that, Pappy, Chris. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> you ever come to Memphis, we'll share. Absolutely. All right, cheers. Hey, we're going to have you guys back on more during the offseason, if that's all right. Oh, that'd be, that'd be awesome. We'd love it. Hey, absolutely. We appreciate you. All right, take care, buddy. Cheers, guys. All right. All right. Good interview. Good time. I love having that guy on. I love having all yeah. those guys on. I, I, I really liked having uh, all three of them. Now, uh, John. You on their podcast. Yes. That's when you got all three. Yes. Well, no, no, no. I, we, got, uh, we got all three on ours back in, like, August. Before For some the reason, season. I thought we only got one of the three or two of the three. No, I think we got, uh, maybe we did only get two of the three. Yeah. It was uh, it was John. Somebody LeCombe. was somebody was out. <coughs> Excuse me. Live live <laughs> podcasting right here. And, uh, oh god! <laughs> I inhaled in the wrong uh, in the wrong pipe. That's Holy a, god! That's that Alabama so, juju coming at you. That's that's what it is. That's what it is. Eric Scousebo, Westlot Pirates, great dude. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about these TV ratings. Um, did you see what the highest viewership for a non-New Year's Six bowl game was? I did. My boys. LSU and Notre Dame. Now, Notre, that, Notre Dame has just a hellaciously huge national following. Now, their NBC games did not rank all that highly, but they were going up against some I was just about games. to say, that that just has to do with scheduling. During the regular season, when there are seven good games on at one time, sometimes you just can't do anything about that. Well, and, and nobody goes to... Uh, Nobody goes to NBC to watch football. Like that's uh, just, I don't know if I agree with that. Very rarely, because they have no other college games, so they're not attuned to it. But if you're a Notre Dame fan, you go, because you know that's your network. Yeah, you're probably right. You're so, probably right. Um, do we want to talk about LSU and Notre Dame? No. No? no. You don't want to talk about O's decision uh, not to, to not, go for it on yeah, fourth and... To, to put a kicker out there that already missed two field goals? Yeah. I'm not happy with right, that. We'll, we'll skip on that. All right, the uh, the top ten bowl games viewership-wise, Georgia and Oklahoma did 26.9 million viewers. And it was the best bowl game of the year. Oh, by of yeah. the last few years. Yeah. Like, I think that game was better than lived, uh, than Penn State-USC last lived year. Lived up. It was close. It's up there. It's up there. Alabama-Clemson did 21.47 million. That game, so we we got to figure something out. That game cannot start that late. It, now, it, here's got the issue. you all day football, and you're going to start the biggest game of the weekend of the, of the whole deal at 9 p.m. Central time? God's well, it was, time? It was 9 p.m. Eastern. Eastern, whatever. It was, it, it was still eight Central. It's still too damn late. It's a, yeah. That game ends at 1 o'clock in the morning. They're four hours long. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was midnight. So. Why? Why could they not? So the Rose Bowl has made it clear. So I've actually looked into this. The Rose Bowl has made it clear they will never move their bowl game because the Rose Bowl parade brings more money to Pasadena than any single thing all year long. And they're not moving the parade. So my question is, when the Rose Bowl has the bowl game, 
why don't they make the other bowl, which is played on the eastern side of the country anyway, before it, since they won't move theirs? Why is that not okay? Well, because you've got the three other main New Year's Day bowl games going on. Like, what are you going to do? Move the other three games to tonight time? No. Like, we, ESPN's deal is... We play four is, or five games at one time all the time. ESPN wants it where the playoff games are on at different times. So that I everybody understand. can watch both games. They want as many viewers as Then the as Rose possible. Bowl doesn't get looped into the national championship. They can be the national championship game, but they can't be a playoff game anymore. They just, I would be they okay just with get rotated out, and we move a different bowl in. Because they're the only one that refuses to uh, adjust their time and, and move their time. I, I'm If they're going to refuse that. to do that, then then you, except for when you're going to be the national champion, you lose your playoff bowl. Yeah. I'd we don't rotate to you ever again. I'm cool with that. I have no problem with it either. I don't I don't know why that's not a solution. But starting at 9 p.m., that's that's just not okay. Well, I think it's, so. The Rose Bowl and is And it's the day after New Year's Eve where everybody was already out all night the night before and now you're asking them to be up till 1 a.m. watching a game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's dumb. It, it makes no sense. Um but there are smarter people than us that that handle these ratings, and and I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Uh, but it is what it is. So it it's not going to change anytime soon. No, and no I'll no. tell you that. So no. we we got eight more years of it. Um, and the, this like these two games are the only time when the games will be on New Year's Day, because the Sugar Bowl is always going to start at that time. The Rose Bowl will always start at that time. So well, but I well, see. I disagree. If they rotated off the Rose Bowl. They could have easily started that game at three o'clock. Give them the two thirty window, like like all other college football. That is yeah, your rather prime than, time rather window. than the four o'clock. Then, then yeah, rather than it be in the five yeah the the five p.m. It would be at three thirty. Yeah, and that makes, means you can bump the other game up two and a half hours. Yeah, it makes more sense to me. So uh, number three was Wisconsin and Miami in the Orange Bowl. That one was eleven point seven two seven million. Um, that was still lower than Alabama Auburn. Uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, none of the bowl games reached no. what big some of these big regular – Alabama, Auburn, Ohio State, Wisconsin, yeah. Auburn, Georgia, uh, in the SEC championship game, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Penn State, Washington in the Fiesta Bowl. That was uh, that was the 4 o'clock time slot. Um, that one did $10.167 million. Ohio State, USC in the Cotton Bowl did $9.468 million. The only non-New Year's Six – to uh to break in here before a non New Year or uh, before a New Year six was Notre Dame and LSU that did eight point seven three one UCF and Auburn did eight point three seven seven million South Carolina Michigan did five point oh five million and look at this one Northwestern and Kentucky that game was insane it was definitely insane that might be the second most entertaining game of bowl season so that one was number nine that was four point six oh one million. And then Mississippi State and Louisville in the Gator Bowl, the Tax Slayer Bowl, uh, did $4.424 million. Uh, so that's your top 10 on the viewership. It's pretty insane. Pretty insane. Um, the New Year's Day ratings against New Year's Eve, the difference is gargantuan. Oh, well, yeah. That that was a given, though. I mean, I think everybody could have seen that. Well, and I, I think whenever they go back in to rediscuss contracts and whatnot in 
you know, eight, seven, eight years, whatever it is, they're going to look at that big time. Oh, totally. I mean, they'll they'll have to. They'll never do New Year's Eve again. They'll have bowl games on then if it doesn't fall on a Sunday, but they'll never put the the playoff games on New Year's Eve. No, I mean, it, you, you could have them on December 30th if you wanted. That's right. And that would be fine. Mm-hmm. But for the love of God, New Year's Eve is a terrible time to have – to have bowl games. See, I I disagree with that because I'm old and I have young kids and I don't go out anyway. Oh yeah, but uh, and so but, I but you're trying to, to get the majority of the country. I know. I, to pay I, attention to this, I understand. But now I have nothing to watch. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, New Year's Eve this year, like it, we we sat and redid our the new office, the new studio that we will be moving into very soon. This yeah. room will no longer be where we broadcast from here. Uh, destroy it. Yep. We will destroy this room. We will wipe this thing out. It will no longer be this color. It will no longer be where we set up. We will be in a much larger space. We'll have uh, our own TVs in the background, all that good stuff. It's, it's going to be good. Going to be good. Uh, no idea on the time frame for that, but it'll be in the next four months. I guarantee that. Um, let's talk about uh, the future college football playoff schedules, and let's talk about Saban's complaint. Um, we're going to end up going over an hour. Told you. Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so it's all good. Hey, I enjoyed having Scuzz on. He was awesome. So, uh, the future college football playoff schedules. Look, what Saban was complaining about was not just for Alabama, not just for his team. I see where he's coming from. This is the first year that the playoff has only had a seven day break between games. That's because it's the first year that they did it on New Year's Day and not New Year's Eve. Well, that's it. No, no, because the first year they did it on New Year's Day, but there was a 12-day break. So, New Year's Day was on like a Thursday or Friday or whatever the hell it yeah. was. Um, so, that gave them extra time. This is just how it falls on a calendar. Right. The issue is... make a calendar. If this was the regular season, it's not that big of a deal. Game planning and whatnot, the time frame is no different than it is in the regular season, no different than it is in the NFL playoffs, all that kind of stuff. The problem is all of the media obligations that come with the national championship. You have to go and do all the ESPN stuff. You have to go and meet with the press. You have an entire press day. You have an entire, you know... You got a month to get ready for these two games. You can't get ready for two games back-to-back. I'm with you. I th- look, yes, I agree. And it's it the is same for both teams, so it does not matter. He's not complaining about it from an from a disadvantage standpoint. He is complaining about it from you're expecting a lot out of these kids. And yes, it's all about money. I get that. But like in two years, they're gonna have the games on New Year's Eve, and then they won't play again until January the thirteenth. It's going to be a two-week break. Why could we not do a two-week break every time? Remember, these kids are just starting. Like they're they're getting into the semester. They're figuring all that crap out. God. So they're not figuring anything out, Gary. These guys are not figuring <laughs> anything out that has anything to do with academics. That is such a load of shit. I, I don't. It's such a crock. Don't give me the academic when they're trying to learn where their new no, classes I'm, I'm are. I'm not worried about all of that. Up. I'm saying that all of that on top of because if you're an 18 year old kid, all this stuff matters, right? 
All the media obligations. What do they do during all the, what do they the do getting during ready the for NCAA semester? championship game where these kids literally miss? If you make it to the championship game, you miss three weeks straight of of school and classes and everything. What are you, are you talking about in college basketball? basketball? A lot of those are on weekends. This game is on the weekends. What are you talking about? This game's on a Monday. It doesn't. So they miss. Oh, God. You still have to travel for the basketball games. They still have prep time and everything else. They're not. If you go to school in North Carolina and the championship's being played in California. I'm with you. Over the weekend, you're leaving. You're going to miss Thursday classes, Friday classes, and Monday classes. I'm not worried and about a missing class. I'm gonna, not worried about that. Not, I'm saying that the preparation. The, the preparation. All the crap that goes into it. Like, I don't you see why we couldn't do... You that stuff done in a week. I don't understand why, because, look, it's on January 1st, right? The The okay. national championship is on January the 8th. Okay. So, they stay over, because you're not going to leave at 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 no, o'clock in the morning. I'm not saying they from should. From New Orleans. I don't think they should. Right? So, Georgia jumped in, uh, like, jumped on a private jet, uh, yep. jet from... Pasadena and flew home and flew home, but then they've still got it. Now it helps that both of these teams are literally within like three hours of Atlanta. That helps. If this had been Oklahoma, it would still be an issue. It's not an issue. They get these guys are on a bus for three hours. Oklahoma could be there in two on a plane. It's no different. It's just no different. We I don't. We I, would I don't, disagree on this I because I don't, I don't see why it's a problem. I don't see why we could not push this thing back for two weeks. The Super Bowl is pushed back for two weeks because of all the damn media obligations, all that stuff, right? But you're talking about uh, that's a whole different ball game. Now, if you want to compare it to the Super Bowl, you want to give me you want to give me a 16 team playoff or at least an 18 playoff. I'll give you all the time in between games you want. But you got to play two games back to back. You get thirty days between game one became your championship game, or Alabama didn't play a championship game, and the the first game, and then you got to play a, a second week. You got thirty days to prepare for two games. If you can't do it in thirty days, then then you're in the wrong business. Plus, you make close to ten million dollars a year. Again, get over it. I'm not worried job about is hard. the preparation. You're right. Your job the, what you keep saying you're worried about the preparation. I'm talking about now all the stuff that goes into it. The that media would be obligations. All, right? No, I'm t- I thought you were talking about from a game planning standpoint. Well, I don't care all of this stuff. It doesn't matter. None of it it just takes up time. He goes and talks to the media people for 20 minutes. He's rude to him, he's an ass and he goes and sits down and he does whatever it is that he does. And then in like six hours, he's got to go back out and talk to another media guy. He's rude to that guy for an hour. And then he goes and sits, not even an hour, like 10 minutes. And then he goes and sits down. Like, I don't yeah. get what what is all of the stuff that we're so upset about that these people make millions and millions of dollars and we think we should make their jobs easy. Like, why, why I'm not worried it, about making it necessarily easier. Everything you're talking about is just to, to convenience... Nick. No, it's to convenience everybody that is involved in the playoff. Whoever ends up in the national championship game. Right, that would be Nick. Whatever coach it is, it's a highly compensated individual, and this yes. is part of your job. I agree with you. The reason you get the compensation is because of all the media stuff, because of the TV bunny. All right, so, so explain, you have to, explain have to me why we can't have, like, say, all right, so the NFL, right? They do the Pro Bowl. On the Saturday before, yeah, 
Well, they or didn't the, last the, the week, sorry, the week before. They didn't whatever. last year. Well, they, they change it forever. every other year. I they know, go it back changes all the time. But either way, have the Senior Bowl during that time period and then have the National Championship the next week. Like, why in the world would that not work? Instead, because that's the other thing guys I got a problem that are with. playing in the National Championship game that might want to go to the Senior Bowl because they want to get prepared. Because Senior Bowl is nothing but getting prepared for the NFL. You're ah, coached you're right. by NFL coaches, not college coaches. No, you're right. You're it, is, right. it is the very first beginning step. So you're talking about guys that might not be your first-round draft pick guys but still want to play in but the still league. still want to play and still want to get an opportunity. All right, so you're right about that. Either way, there's, why can we no, not have? There's just no. There's no good reason for it. There's no good reason to make this season any longer than it already is. So what? All right, so work with me on this then. Instead of having playoff games on New Year's Day, I don't have a problem with starting them earlier. Why could we not start them oh, earlier? I, oh, dude, I have. In my, I'm saying perfect, my in, my question is, what is the problem with world, with waiting two weeks after playoff games? In my perfect world, well, there's not one. Other than we're just making the season longer if we're going to be stuck to this New Year's Day thing. But but we're talking about, in my perfect world, in a 16-team playoff, the week after your championship games, you immediately, that next week, you got a week to prepare. You know who you're going to get, and you're going to prepare, and you're going to play that week. And then after that, you have maybe two weeks to prepare for the next game. And then after that, you have a week, and then you have a week, or however you figure it out. But But it still needs to end after the first week of January. College football is, is is an incredibly long sport. And then you're talking about recruiting and all these other things that go into it. If you make it last too long, see, then he would gripe, I promise you, if we made this thing last until the 13th or the 14th, he would complain that all these other schools are out recruiting right now and I can't recruit because i got to get ready for a game and we can't get better. He's just a wet cat, man. He's just always <laughs> pissed off. I've never seen somebody be as successful as he is Make as much money as he does. Not that money buys happiness. I understand that. But, but like, I've never seen somebody have all the things that Nick has and be just a sourpuss about everything, man. I just don't eh. know that there's anything that can make him smile. I don't hey, get he, it. He won after beating Clemson, or he smiled after beating Clemson the other night. And he should have. That's fine. You should enjoy life, enjoy these victories, but. But don't immediately go to the podium and then the first thing you do is start bitching about things not being good enough. You're at Alabama and you have every advantage over every other university. You start off in a 40-yard dash against everybody else at 15 yards. You're, you're already better than everybody from your recruiting standpoint and the players that you have and the level of coaches you have. You're already better than everybody else. Why are you I, so upset all the time? Now, being competitive and wanting to win is one thing. I think But that, you don't have to be an ass all the time. No, I think I probably agree with you on that. I That's what I, I don't understand about him. I didn't when he was at LSU. I didn't when he was at Miami. And I don't now. Yeah. I, I, don't, uh, I don't disagree with you on that. He does seem uh, irritated frequently. Um, but I do think that, that he speaks out when other people won't, right? But I don't think anybody else has a problem with the way it is. That's the thing. That's the difference. I, and, and I honestly, I, I, I took a couple of shots on either Facebook or Twitter. 
I think there's something to the fact that he is very worried about playing back-to-back weeks. You think so? Yes. I, I think Nick has never lost. I don't know of any time that he has lost when he has had multiple weeks to prepare for a game. It doesn't happen. I'm sure it has happened. Well, I mean, he lost but, to Ohio State in the first playoff. That's right. Plenty of I'm, time, like I said, I'm sure, I'm sure it's happened. But I'm going to tell you it doesn't happen often. No, and, you're right. And, you know, when he has to play back-to-back weeks, that's when he slips up. That's when they make mistakes. And, yeah. and I think he's actively worried about things like that. Uh, you might be right. You might be right. All right, so let's move into – let's jump off of college football – We'll take a little extra time. Let's go into NFL playoff talk. Does that sound reasonable? Come on. It's game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Let's go. Before we get into playoff talk, can I brag a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So so you know how I do the Super Contest this year. It's my first year to ever do the the Super Contest. Super Contest is where in the NFL, you pick five games against the spread. You can't pick the over-unders. You just have to pick Against the spread. Yeah. Against the spread. And... I, I did not finish well. There's like 5,000 people in this thing. Okay. Um, I finished like 211. I guess that's not bad. That's not I, bad I, I at definitely all. Didn't make a them. confident young man. A superb athlete. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't cash or anything of that nature. But I will tell you this. I finished 49 and 36 at 73.4%. That's not bad. That that's, is. That's money, baby. I... I looked at it today just to say, what was my actual record? And and I did terrible on week 17. I finished, I think, uh, one and four. Yeah, yeah, I remember you telling me. One, that was one your only losing week, right? Was my, no, I had one other week where I went one and four. I had no 0 oh and four weeks. Um, and I only had two, two and three weeks. But I I was I was like, oh, man, I cannot believe that's that's strong. That's, In that's Vegas, pretty strong. they build statues to guy that goes seventy three percent. Yeah, you got that right. That's a, so far on the year in our little gambling thing. I'm twenty four, twenty and four. Yeah. In the NFL. Yeah, I don't know how great I am in this because I always take my five and I give you three, and I went two and three a lot. And a lot of those times, I had the loser in one of them, if not two losers in well, one it, of them. With with college and, and the NFL combined, you were. Oh, I wasn't like, great. No, I don't, no, no, I wasn't no. You great. were you were like nine games above five hundred. It was pretty yeah, good. That's that's not really making money. When you talk about the vig and you got to pay a ten percent juice. Oh yeah, no, you're right. You you gotta you gotta be sixty percent to be profitable. You're right. You're Maybe right. not sixty, but so let's let's take 10, 15 minutes and uh and break down these NFL playoff games. Uh, first game uh-huh. up, the Titans at the Chiefs, three thirty five p.m. Central Time on ESPN. The Chiefs are an eight. Point favorite. This is going to be the worst playoff game we've seen. The AFC is just sad. How is it that the Titans are the five seed? Well, we can thank uh, Andy Dalton for that. That was, uh, yeah, Andy Dalton threw the touchdown pass. Uh, you Did see you all the see videos. all the different playoff tiebreakers that had to go in? They had to go like four tiebreakers deep for the Bills to get in over yeah. the Ravens. Yeah. It's and the Ravens insane. can thank my Cleveland Browns for missing out because it came down to strength of schedule and they got two wins over an 0 and 16 team. That's the way it goes. Yeah, it's pretty nuts, right? I'm really upset about that 0 and 16. All right, tell me tell me this. The Titans looked pretty damn good against the Jaguars. Mm, okay. Um but it was like freezing cold outside. And I feel like up front the Titans are pretty good. 
Do the Titans have any chance of upsetting the Chiefs here? I don't believe so. I think the Titans are one of the worst playoff teams to make the playoffs in years. I don't think this team is good. I like the Titans. I I I want them to be good. Mike Malarkey might be one of the worst playoff coaches in in playoff history. And he is I I don't know that he's so one dimensional on offense. It's not even funny. I do now, like, really good on I do like the fact that, uh, that Derrick Henry will be the only running back. I don't. I don't because like, I think the defensive Chiefs – I think Derrick Henry is really good when he comes in and he's kind of a change of pace and he hits you in the mouth. I don't know that he can carry the rock 30 times against a, a big NFL defense. He just did it against the Jags. I, I'm, that Jags game is different, man. I think the Jags – anyway. I don't. I don't think. I think the Jags won at the Titans in the playoffs. That's what I think. Ah, okay, okay. Didn't I think, work out. I think the. I think the Rams won it to lose to the 49ers because they won it the three seed, and I think the Jags won at the Titans in the playoffs. Hmm. I don't think they wanted to play them. I wanted them in the playoffs. Ah, okay, okay. Now I. I don't think that they would have been afraid of playing them. I don't think they would either. So uh, once you get in the playoffs, I mean, it, it, I don't think they. I don't think anybody cares. Yeah. Like, it doesn't I, matter who you play. I don't know that I trust Marcus Mariota. He has just not looked great this year. He's got 15 picks this year. Yeah. He was great at that not turning defense, the football over last year. That defense is so – I actually like the Titans' defense a lot. But I don't know that it's going to matter. The speed of the Chiefs, you're talking about going to Arrowhead for a playoff game. I'm going to lay the points. Whew. I'm taking the Titans. I'm taking I Titans hope, plus eight because I hope, only because I it's hope over for a the upset. I want some 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 chaos in the playoffs. I've seen the Chiefs. It's be, been all chalk. You know, last year the playoff uh, wild card round, all four home teams not only won but they covered, and I think they all covered by like over a touchdown. I don't yeah, think a single there were, game was close. There was some weird, and that, I think that's partly why these lines are so out Big. of whack. Oh, no, most of the time these playoff lines are tight. But but a lot of times, uh, and in most years, there's a wild card, teams that, or wild card team that comes in and starts a run. Yeah, right? it didn't happen last year. It didn't happen last year. But, I mean, last year there were so many people hurt. There was so much stuff going on. It, it, was, a, it was a weird situation. Uh, the number six Falcons and the number three NFC team, uh, the Rams, Rams six and a half point favorite at seven fifteen p.m. Central Time on NBC. Uh, how do you feel about this one? The Falcons with the experience—they went to the Super Bowl last year. The Rams this year. The the new boys on the block. At what? What are you thinking? Give me the millennials, man. I am. I'm riding the Rams. I think if I had to make a wager right now on an NFC team to win it all, I'd pick the Rams. I think with uh, with, I, with Carson Wentz being out, and I'm talking about gambling wise, yeah, I would pick the Rams because they're going to have better odds than the Vikings. Yeah, I can believe that. But those are my two NFC. One of those two teams are going to represent the NFC. The Falcons or the Rams? No. Who? The the Rams or the Vikings? Oh, the Vikings. Oh, yes, Vikings. yes, 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 yes. Okay, no, I'm not, with you. Not the Falcons. Let's uh, let's see. Falcons get smoked. Uh, we're getting more people on Facebook. I can't hear what y'all are saying. We got to oh, get this fixed. I don't know what's going on. I don't know either. It, it was working fine earlier, so we'll just have to we'll have to play with it. We'll see what's up. Um, all right. So off of that one on Sunday, twelve oh five p.m. Central Time on CBS, the Bills and the Jaguars. 
The Bills' first time in the playoffs in 18 years. Like, there's not going to be any minors that will have ever seen <laughs> the Bills in the playoffs. Before. Nope. None. It's a little surprising. Like, you realize Facebook was created after the Bills last made the Oh, but there was a lot of things created after you that. Know, you know what the last Bills playoff game was? The um, Miracle. The Music, Music City Miracle. City. Yeah, yeah, Music, Music City, City Miracle. Nashville. Awesome, awesome game. Yep. That, that, that should let you know the last time that the Bills were in the playoffs. It might have been the last time the Titans were in the playoffs. No, I think they made it a couple years ago. I know. Um, but, but the Rams won the Super Bowl. The last time. So this was before the Patriots dynasty thing started. So if you think this Patriots dynasty has been going on forever, what's really been going on forever is the Bills not making the playoffs. Yeah, Bills are, Bills are pretty bad. So here's my pick. All right. I, I don't like picking Blake Boyles. But now, Boyles is, uh, boy, he's he's something else. Now, here's here's my logic behind this. Okay. I'm taking the Jags. And I'm taking them for one reason. I believe that NFL teams that are really, really excited to make the playoffs don't usually go far in playoffs. Yeah, I believe that. Them getting in, pictures of them celebrating in the locker room making the playoffs showed me that was their Super Bowl. Yeah, I could I could go with that. And I think I would take guys like Tom Coughlin and – Oh God! What's his name? The head coach of the the Jags, Marone, Doug Marone. Yeah, Doug Maroney. Like both yeah. those guys, those are football dudes. Yeah. Okay. And and they want to win. Yeah, they do. Just making the playoffs, while it's a big deal for the Jags, especially to be hosting a playoff game, it ain't to those two guys. No. No, and, it's sure and not. Those two guys it's want it. it more. I'll lay eight points with Blake being my quarterback. That's scary. Moving back to the Falcons Rams, you taking the Rams minus six and a half? Oh yes, sir. I'm gonna take the Falcons plus six and a half. Be I think guess. it's I think it's gonna be a a closer game than you think. Um, the rule is if the team can win, you take the dog. The Falcons could absolutely win that game. I am. I am. You're so staying high away on, from that. I'm one. so high on the Rams right now. If I fell off, I'd hurt myself. It's tell it's me bad. tell me about the Bills and Jags. You taking Jags minus eight? Taking the Jags. I'm laying eight points. With That's Blake Bortles as my quarterback. And I don't know that uh, Leonard Fournette is even healthy. He's going to play, but I don't know how healthy he I is. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. Chris Ivory, TJ Yeldon. Like, they, they've done well when, when Fournette's been out. Don't they've know done, yeah. if um, Shady McCoy is going to play. If he doesn't play, the Bills will score zero points. You don't think Tyrod gets anything? To, uh, no, he, you know what? The Bills, if Shady does, now Shady plays, be for real if home. Shady plays, it changes that game completely. If he doesn't play, the Bills will score zero points. You cannot win if you score zero. <sighs> yeah, you you're probably right here. All right, let's talk about the uh, the Panthers and the Saints. Panthers, uh, the number five seed at the Saints, the four seed. Saints are a six and a half point favorite. Three forty p.m. Central Time on Fox. You think Sean Payton's got a little magic left in him? I think New Orleans and the Superdome is going to be rocking. Could you imagine how crazy that place is going to be with the, with Cam Newton? And That's that one bunch? of the few places that has a great home field advantage. They them in the playoffs, it's a different world. The uh, the MVP, against a divisional rival that they swept this year. The MVP for my money this year, Alvin Kamara. 
He well, absolutely changed that. Now the defense changed a whole lot too, but like he changed the whole mindset. Is he hands down rookie of the year? I think he's got to be. Because you can't give it to Watson. I mean, he missed way he, too many. Yeah, games. he missed way too much time. He was on pace to be the easiest. I, I and think it, so. And it's not Leonard. Leonard missed way too much. Nobody I, else has done anything. Great. I think it's Kamara. I think I don't think it's close either. It, think think about this. He played at Tennessee and was a backup to Jalen Hurd. And and people are still talking about hiring Butch Jones for for jobs. No, like can't what are we talking about? Can't, cannot be done. Just, Administration should be fired just at the discussion of it. Just if the man gets an interview, you lose your job. I'm taking the Saints minus six and a half here. I am too. That means I'm taking all favorites. I got two underdogs and two favorites. I uh, I got the Jags minus eight as well. I don't believe in the Bills. I think they're going to be a little too hyped up. You and got those shady. You got you the know. two dogs that I would want if I was going to take one. But Tennessee has just disappointed me so badly this year, and I'm I'm just so high on the Rams. I'm blinded. Yeah, I could uh, I could understand that. All right, so uh, so to close us out, let's uh, give me what the worst possible Super Bowl matchup could be. Oh, Jaguars and. Panthers? Yeah, that'd be pretty bad. I, and here's the thing. Those aren't the two worst teams that can make it. I think those are the two worst teams that that actually... Would it shock me if the Panthers go on a run? No. Would it shock me if the Jaguars defense goes on a run? No. No. But I think that would absolutely destroy Super Bowl ratings. I think if you had the Titans... Well, the Titans can't win, though. Like, that's not a realistic pick. I'm just talking about the worst possible Super Bowl matchup. Yeah. Because I don't think the Jags are a realistic matchup oh, either I, with uh, with Blake Bortles. You don't? You don't remember no. the game where they just ass-thrashed the Steelers this year at Pittsburgh? Wouldn't shock me if that happens again. I, I don't know that I'd buy into it. I think the Steelers are going to have a really hard second-round game. Yeah, they probably will. They probably will. Um, I think it'd probably be the Titans... Maybe the Titans and the Falcons. I don't know. Charlotte's a lot smaller than uh, than Atlanta, isn't it? Yeah, Atlanta making it back after the choke job of last year. Well, that that kind of be like a redemption. Yeah, story. I can see people getting behind them. So, I, I but think, like Titans I think and Cam Panthers, Newton's just not likable. Titans and Panthers, I think, would probably be the yeah. worst for me. You gotta, and I I dismiss the Titans because they're not a playoff team. Somebody had to get the extra, and the Bills aren't either. So. So basically, there were only four playoff teams. There are four AFC playoff teams. <laughs> I don't think anybody would disagree with that statement, though. No, I don't. I don't think I disagree with that at all. Thank y'all for listening. All right, uh, yeah, that's gonna wrap it up. Podcast number one eighty three. We will be back next week. We're probably gonna wait until next Wednesday to do a show uh, because we will have the national championship game on Monday night. Uh, in the meantime, we will catch you guys next time. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You follow me at ChrisBGiannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. 
That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys.